It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to tell you how Ed Donatel can fix that Vikings defense, plus JJ's race to 2,000. We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk and it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. This is your daily 30-minute breakdown, everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at ReggieWilsonTV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Back from the Motor City, not the trip you hope for, I get it, but of all the cities and stadiums you get to travel to, where does Detroit and like Ford Field rank for you? Like, What's the one thing that maybe separates it from the others? It just has a lot of character. You know, like the, the city of Detroit just has a lot of character, a lot of pride. Um, it's so funny because like that stadium was lifeless last year when I went. Mm. This time it was last year. like I don't last think decade. I saw. Yeah, but I don't think I saw an empty seat on mm, Sunday. Wow. It was crazy, man. The, the Lions fans were rowdy and cheering and the Lions gave them a reason to do so. They They got some juice right now. Yeah, I got to make it out there. Still never been there. Never been to Lambeau. Been to Soldier a couple times. Love Chicago. But I got to finish and wrap up the NFC North spots. Plenty to get into. Remember, follow along Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment. And on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at Locked On M-I-N. And remember, after this show, go check out the Locked On Sports today. From games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Speaking of YouTube, every day I post that new poll up on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube community page. Yesterday, I asked fans, who you blaming? Four options, the pass rush, the secondary, maybe the head coach or the defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel. Here were the results. Donatel wins it in a landslide, 78%. The secondary, they take second, but way down at 11%. Rich, the people want some changes on this defensive side of the ball. They've watched this defense give up a franchise record five straight games of over 400 yards or more. They officially rank dead last in the league in total defense. So, like, what's the fix when you look at this team, when you watch the tape, watch these games back in the defense? Because this Bend but don't break defense. I'm just not sure it feels sustainable come playoff time when you're facing some of the upper echelon, the elite offenses. What's one or two things you want to see the Vikings do starting this Saturday versus the Colts in what you hope is going to be one of those get right games? Just real quick, keep in mind, KOC at his presser yesterday, a guy who really doesn't usually give us much in those pressers, when asked about switching defensive play calling duties, 
He didn't officially shoot it down right away. He said, you're always looking at things. As of now, no, it's not something I'm considering, but we'll keep options open. Your thoughts on that and the defensive changes you want to see, Reg, this Saturday versus the Colts? Well, you talk about the bend but don't break defense. Well, they they've been broken like it, it's not it's, broke. it's not like Benton broke. you know at first it was like it was like uh, like just holding it together with the bend like it's just at the cusp of like you know before everything is just like bust all open and so now i mean it's it's broken man like and look so many people want to come down on ed donatel and look if he's the play caller, then there is some blame to be had there. But I don't think it's all on him. You know, like there's there's some things that are glaring issues that really we saw last year in Detroit, like guys just out of place. You know, like the, it was it was kind of weird seeing how uh, like the all 22, my guy Alec mm-hmm. Lewis posting. And I told him yesterday, I was like, man, you, you were tweeting violence, just just posting <laughs> what's happening. And it was telling, talking to Eric Kendricks on Sunday when he talked about uh, that play that Panay Sewell caught, which, you know, crazy athleticism from a big offensive tackle like that. You know, shout out to Dan Campbell for even calling that play in that moment. And they just continued to have the Vikings on their heels all day. Like they were just caught flat footed all day. And Eric Kendrick said like, Hey, like there was no reason to think that the lions were going to run a pass on that play. He was like, we see Panay Sewell do that motion like that all the time. And it's a run play. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, we thought, that we were in good position. We weren't expecting him to come out and and catch a pass on that play. And it's like, well, there's shared blame there between the personnel and the coaching. The coaching that, you know, you weren't necessarily prepared for that. And the the players that you all weren't in position to to make a play to help maybe stop some of the bleeding because your offense was just humming. You know, like the the Detroit Lions defense was nothing to really write home to Ma about. You know, like it it was they were just as as much as the the Vikings were Swiss cheese, just porous. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins just picking them apart. First four hundred yard passing game of the season. Like they they were ready to be broken as well, but that defense just couldn't get them the ball back. And when you ask, like, okay, what? can be done i don't know i honestly don't know because you know they've tried to upgrade with personnel they've tried to upgrade with scheme and if you look at the all 22 of the last passing touchdown that the lions scored they faked the pitch to the left Mm. everybody went left Mm. and it opened up two on two on the right side and Goff was able to hit the guy right there across the middle. I mean, he was just deadly across the middle in general. I think it was something like 17 of 23 for 200 yards and a couple touchdowns. Like, it was it was pretty, pretty telling with the defense being so out of place. So, like, you know, some people were like, okay, you got to get a rush. Maybe they blitz more. Maybe they, you know, and KLC even said something on Sunday. Maybe they try to be a little bit more aggressive 
or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, maybe they blitz more. They are not generating a pass rush. Like Jared Goff had a chance to sit back there, eat a sandwich, put on his favorite show to binge before he threw the ball back there. And so that was a, a big problem on Sunday. Just no pass rush. They just couldn't get there. And Goff was able to drop back and pick them apart. And so if you're watching and you're a Vikings fan, you're just like, look, how do we fix this? How do we stop this? Like, Mac Jones didn't look all that great last night, but against the Vikings, they made him look like a pro bowler. Mike White came in there. He chopped him up. You know, five straight of these 400-plus yard performances. And at some point, you know, the definition of insanity, Mina Kimes tweeted yesterday, is doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting the same result. Like, she ripped them on, on NFL Live yesterday, and rightfully so. You know, they're playing off coverage, giving up nine-plus yards per play when they're playing the off coverage. Cam Dantzler got beat on that long touchdown to Shark. Like, we still don't have really an answer on how Jamison Williams got so butt-naked open like that for his first catch and touchdown of the season. Like, there's some brokenness there. I don't know what needs to be done to stop it though yeah you're one of ed donatel we knew the training wheels would be on for a little bit we knew there'd be trial and error it's week 15 we got to start switching it up a little bit and at least just trying some new things remember this team led the league in sacks just last year with 51 and that was without daniel hunter zadarius smith wasn't on the team yet dj wanham led the team with eight sacks of his own so you can't tell me like they just forgot how to rush the passer yet right now they rank bottom six in both pass rush win rate and dialing up the blitzes so not only are guys just not winning their one-on-one battles for whatever reason but when donatel does finally decide to dial up that blitz they're still just not getting home for me i'm starting with addition by subtraction rest zadarius smith start to prep for the playoffs a little bit and rest those key guys that clearly aren't 100 for two reasons really hey again he's not 100 you want him fresh for the playoffs we saw what he can do when healthy eight and a half sacks the first eight weeks just one in his last six it's time to let him get healed up and be the other reason you should do that. The Vikings have two more than capable young edge guys just kind of itching for more snaps. Patrick Jones and the guy I just mentioned, DJ Wanham. Let the young guys get some valuable snaps here. They can hone their skills. Second thing I'm doing, I'm glad you mentioned it, the middle of the field, man. I'm thinking about plugging in that rookie, Brian Asamoah, on at least passing downs. There's a lot of blame to go around. I know it's not just one thing. Pass rush is on the top of my mind as well, but not far behind is what you mentioned. The middle of the field getting gashed on a consistent basis. Every time you sit down and watch a game, it just feels like the middle of the field is getting exposed for one reason or another. And it's really confusing, isn't it? Because Kendricks, we know, has always been a great coverage linebacker. So is it the scheme? I don't know. But currently, Kendricks and Jordan Hicks rank 72nd and 62nd in pass coverage for linebackers. That's out of 85 qualified coverage linebackers. So near the bottom quarter, both those guys rank in coverage as linebackers at their respective position. I just think it's time to get some youth, some fresh legs on the field. And I think Asamoah can not only help you in pass coverage, but think about it. His speed is going to help on third downs, getting after the passer in those blitz packages as well. I think it's time. 
seen 13 games. It's week 15 now. I think it's time to start switching some things up. Getting Asamoah and that quickness on the field in coverage and pass rush, I think is going to help both those things. Everyone wants to fix the secondary, and I get it. You mentioned those quarterbacks we've made look like pro bowlers, Mike White, Mac Jones. The last seven quarterbacks, not named Taylor Heineke, have all averaged averaged over 330 passing yards. Again, we're not talking about like a gauntlet of Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame passers either, but I just know at the end of the day, fixing the pass rush up front will go a very long way in helping the secondary first and foremost. Switching gears to the offense a little bit. You were there up close and personal. You watched this offense do their thing. I told Sam yesterday, that's the best game I've seen from Cousins this year, hands down. His partner in crime, obviously JJ, he's doing his thing. Looks like the best wide receiver in football. JJ now needs to average 125 yards per game from here on out these next four games to hit the 2,000 yard mark. What do you think the chances are and the probability you're giving him to finish the season over 2,000 yards when you look at these next four matchups? I give it to him, man. Like that's going to be, you would think that's going to be like easy money for this guy. You look at the production that he has, like I just don't see how he doesn't get there. It's going to be a little bit of a tough matchup on Saturday. He's going against one of the game's best, who is one of the game's best for a long time now, Stephon Gilmore. That's going to be a tough matchup. You know, Indy's defense, I know the Cowboys hung 50 on them, but, like, Indy's defense has been one of their brighter spots this season because the offense has been atrocious. You know, at some point, the defense just can't keep up. But – Usually in these games, it's pretty tight, and that defense clamps up. You know, you got Buckner on the line, and you got, you know, no Leonard, but they they got, you know, plenty of firepower in the linebacker core. And then, like I said, Stephon Gilmore and Moore. Moore was a pro bowler last year. Those mm -hmm. two guys are tough. Those yeah. two guys are tough. And so I think that's going to be a, a tough matchup for Justin Jefferson on Saturday. But I, you know, every week he has tough matchups and he finds a way to get his. So, you know, maybe maybe this week, you know, maybe he, he doesn't go off like maybe you think, you know, maybe he, you know, they, they find ways to scheme him open and he does his thing. But you, you look at the rest of that schedule, the Giants, the Packers, who he he torched in week one, and then the Bears, who who do they even have back there in that secondary? The only guy I can name is Eddie Jackson. But other than that, like, he may go for 200-plus in that last week alone, you know? Like, so I, I just think that the scene is set, the table is set for him to get those 2,000, and I'm, I'm seeing that it can happen. Like, I can, I can see it happening with four games left like that's plenty of time to get his numbers yeah it's been incredible to watch just the marriage between the head coach and the quarterback that's so important we talked about it all season long in the nfl right now just blossom after all those years with zimmer and then for koc to understand how to help kirk 
by designing these plays to get his best weapon the ball. Every week I go in thinking, okay, this defense is just going to clamp down. They're going to double, maybe even triple JJ all game. And then whether it's just moving them in motion a lot, get them in the backfield, different looks, or even just throwing it up and double covered sometimes, JJ just finds a way to pull in seven, eight catches minimum every week on double-digit targets. Sam brought up a great point yesterday, though. The last two games are in Soldier and Lambeau with the weather conditions, the way they'll be, maybe the deciding factor. Not sure how much they'll be able to pass the ball in those environments, but I really just don't think it matters anymore. I'm with you. I've seen enough. Like, I'm done doubting this guy and what he can do, especially knowing, unlike Zimmer, KOC probably going to do everything he can to push him to that 2K mark. 125 yards for JJ is a walk in the park nowadays. It's crazy to think. This man is actually getting better from what we saw in the first two years. All right, coming up next, we're going to go through the injury report, looking at the Lions and Vikings prospects in 2023. But first, Vikings dropped to 12-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Vikings open this week versus the Colts, favored by 4.5. Check those odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, NHL, NBA, even MMA and UFC. BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net where the game starts. All right, back to football we go here real quick. Kevin O'Connell updated several injuries. Cam Dantzler, a little sore, he said, but overall okay. Adam Thielen aggravated his knee bruise, but that should be fine, he said. Jordan Hicks, James Lynch, both day-to-day this week. Blake Brandle, he's out at extended time, probably about four weeks' timetable with that MCL tear. Garrett Bradbury and Christian Derrissaw expected to play this Saturday. Easy to say now, but we both know that game looks a little different Sunday if Harrison Smith, Bradbury, and Derrissaw are playing. So sounds like they should all be back versus the Colts. What else kind of just sticks out to you when you see this initial injury report? Well, I think the Blake Brandle injury is tough because it's been a little touch and go with Christian Derrissaw. It makes you a little nervous. And I think that's been the issue with what they have going on. They've been largely healthy this year, and now, you know, it's football. General attrition and just these injuries just start to pile up as the season goes along. And so you're a little tight because, you know, this team has largely been healthy and largely been able to put guys out on the field week in and week out. But now that you see some of those injuries, you're just like, eh, I don't know. You know, like if Christian Derrissaw is not able to go, that's going to be a tough one. And if if he is able to go, but he's not necessarily himself out there, you don't have a guy that you can put in like Blake Brandle and be like, okay, we trust him to be able to do what he needs to do, which he's filled in as well as you can think, as well as you can ask for him to do in Darisaw's absence. So I, I think – you know, the injury to Harrison Smith was a bit of a surprise. I know he popped up on the injury report on Friday with the neck. And then, you know, we saw Garrett Bradbury walking out there in street clothes in Detroit. And you're like, oh, well, guess he's not playing. And you're like, well, uh, as much as as much as he was kind of like a polarizing figure, especially in the summer and headed into the season, like he's been great like he's playing at a high level at that center position and so 
Kirk was able to do his thing without him, but you saw that that run game just wasn't what it needed to be in Detroit. So I think you get some of these guys back and you hope that that helps them because, look, the Colts just got 50 put on them in Dallas. Like, I I, I get that. But these games continue to just be close with the Vikings each and every week. So I don't expect that to be different. And especially with the, the defense giving up as much as they are, like Matt Ryan may have a bit of a day on on Saturday. So you're going to need all your key guys to be able to, you know, keep up in what could end up being another game that comes down to the wire on Saturday. Yeah, knowing that Dershaw could have probably played, say it was a playoff game, and again, I get it. They got to be extra cautious with that second concussion. But knowing he was healthy enough to play, just an extra bummer, bad taste in my mouth. Seeing Brandle go down with that MCL injury, he's just been rock solid in that backup role this season. And I think he's shown enough, too, to prove worthy of that backup swing tackle spot for the future 2023 and beyond. So I hope he gets healed up over this next month and has a speedy recovery. Blake Brandle. Longtime friend of the show, huge fan of Superior Sports Talk. <laughs> Getting home after practice, pulling up Reggie and Luke, Superior Sports Talk. All right, last one here, Reg. I'm a little worried here. I've been saying it for a little bit now. I think this NFC North slipping on its head a little bit. I watched the Lions, all this young talent developing, not to mention all the draft picks they've got coming up this April. Meanwhile, this Vikings cap, whew, it's a mess, man. Quasi's got some work. Let's start here, though. Lions have two first-round picks, one from the Rams. That'll likely be a top-five pick. Should they select a quarterback to replace Jerry Goff or add another blue-chip player somewhere else? What do you think? I mean, from what I saw on Sunday and from what I've seen the last, what, like six games, like Jared Goff is is good enough to to lead those guys. Like he said, he's playing some of the best football of his career, and I believe him because I saw it for myself. Like, I mean, it was easy to do what he did on Sunday. He was just uh, dropping back and throwing to <laughs> wide open receivers. So, like, I get that. But I think they continue to bolster the team in other ways. Like, look, we talked about it. That defense, it ain't that. Like, you know, they got mm -hmm. a few key guys on that defense, but, like, they they aren't all that good. So they need to continue to bolster that team. They they are good on the offensive line. They got some solid running backs. They got all the receivers that they need. You know, they traded away Hawk, but I think, you know, they could probably use an upgrade at tight end maybe. But – Everything else needs to be centered around making that defense better so that that team could be much more well-rounded because if you don't have a defense in this league, at least one that can get you a, a few stops, like then, then you're in trouble. So if they want to continue to ascend, they got to get a defense that is going to be complementary to the offense that they're building. They're building a bully with that offense. They need to have a little bit of a bully on the defense as well. And you know Dan Campbell wants that as well for his defensive side of the ball. I want to say, of course, they should take a quarterback. It's such a quarterback-driven league. You're lucky you're sitting there in the top five, just hand-gifted from the Rams, that draft pick. It's a loaded quarterback class, by the way, best one we've seen in a couple of years. Go get your guys, take the quarterback for the future to sit there for a year or two behind Goff. But that man is on fire right now. Maybe a top five quarterback in the league the past month and a half. The luxury of adding another blue chip defender like Jalen Carter from Georgia, Will Anderson from Alabama inside the trenches right next to Aiden Hutchinson for the next five, 10 years. 
that's just disgusting, man. It's probably almost too tempting to pass up. You take your second first-round pick, then maybe you take a quarterback that's fallen to you right in your lap, maybe Anthony Richardson from Florida, who's still raw, but monster ceiling if you let him sit for a year or two behind Goff. Bottom line, though, this team is set up for the long haul, and the way they're playing now, it's just kind of scary to think what they might look like in 2023. How about the Vikes? Real quick, remember, they're already short on picks because of the Hawkinson trade, but what position of need would you like to see them address with their first-round pick from what you've seen this season? Anything on the defense. Anything. Anything. Anybody just replenish. that plays any position on the defense, just go there. Anybody still left in the green room? Anybody on defense? Yeah, we'll take that guy. That's fine. Defensive back, somewhere in that realm, I guess. Hopefully, Andrew Booth and Lewisine come back healthy. Not sure how much longer Patrick Peterson will be around. He's a free agent, for one. And two, Harrison Smith owed $19 million. Replenishing that secondary is going to be at the top of my priority list come draft season. Quasi, he's got to hit a home run next April. He's got to land two or three early contributors to that roster if they want to have the same type of success in year two of the KOC regime, just given how many guys may not be around next year. Reminder, Vikings play Saturday this week, not Sunday, in the first of three NFL games. Kickoff noon Central Standard Time. Rest assured, Reggie and I will be back the following Monday to break it all down. All right, couple minutes here. Let's talk about some Wolves. Let's go to basketball. I'm looking at the box score right now, though. It ain't pretty. Just start with a just quick 30, 60-second rundown. Your biggest takeaways from last night's 133-112 loss in Portland. Uh, Damian Lillard was him. <laughs> they had no answer for him at any point. No answer. It was ridiculous. You know, it was Dame time last night. And you try to get like you try to get things together to be able to like they had two straight against the Blazers and they had no answer for them in either game. And I think that this Wolves team is continually trying to figure some things out, but nobody watching the Wolves right now can tell me that they are a better basketball team without cat. I know there's so many people that want to continue to say that beating down, you know, the door, knocking on that drum that, you know, they're they're better without Cat. But you look at these games, they're missing that guy. They're missing that guy. He misses being out there. You can see him tweeting about it, saying he misses basketball. He's tweeting about doing Twitter spaces. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that man needs to get healthy. He's bored. Like, he's he's ready to go. He's bored. He needs to he needs to get himself, you know, back in and playing, playing shape so he can get back out there and help, help this team because they're kind of just – they're kind of just flailing a little bit, you know, like they're 13 and 14 right now, just sitting right there at, at five, like right below 500. And they just need some help, man. You look at this box score and Finch literally played everybody there. Like everybody that made the trip. Like I think even a couple of the, the strength guys, Hey, Hey, can you suit up? Yeah. Come out here and give me a couple minutes. Like, Everybody, you know, usually you see these uh, reports or these these box scores and you and you see like DMP coaches decision, DMP coaches decision. Mm -hmm. All 14 guys that were eligible to play played last night. Matt Ryan, Nathan Knight, Josh Minot, Luca Garza all have four minutes apiece. Wendell Moore Jr. He have four minutes. They got 18 minutes from. Nas Reed, 14 from Austin Rivers, 15 from Forbes, 23 from Noel. And the the starters still all played 
28 to 32 minutes or 33 minutes from Ant. Like, good Lord. Like they, he was just trying to, trying to find something that was going to work for them out there yesterday. And it just didn't. And it it's tough to watch. Cause you're like, man, like, you want to see some consistency from this team, but there is there is none right now. I look at the box score right now, just seeing the starting five all in the negative again in the plus minus, not what you want, obviously. Not to mention it doesn't help when Damian Lillard does Damian Lillard things. He goes off for 11 three-pointers last night. Is there just one guy or two you've just been really digging? Maybe you want to see more of now with Cat not on the floor these next, whatever, three, four weeks. A guy that gives you some maybe some excitement about his potential for the future. Well, I mean, you saw some good from D'Lo over the last few games. Yeah, but that's been fun. For, for yeah. me, it all starts and stops with Anthony Edwards. He had 17 last night. That's just not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. You know, if Dame is going off, like, Ant needs to be going off too. And he ended November really kind of, like, streaking towards, like, some – some greatness you know he ended november 25 point 26 29 29 and then he started december with two back-to-back 26 point performances and then he's just kind of been okay he in that win against utah he had 14 points then he followed that up uh, at portland on saturday he had 26 but then he had 17 like i said last night like I think Ant is a guy, especially without Cat, like he probably needs to be getting 30 plus points a game and like really leading them out there and establishing like this is the guy that that I'm going to be like I'm coming each and every game, each and every minute. I'm coming. I'm out here. I'm attacking the rim. I'm attacking you. You got to watch out for me each and every game. And I think he needs to continue to exert himself as that guy. Also, though, they need more than two points from Jaden McDaniels. One of four from the field, 0 for 2 from 3. He he played 28 minutes, and he was minus 15 while out there. Like, he's a guy that we talked about before the season that he had to kind of be that guy that stepped up. And that's just not – that's not going to get it done. It's just not – and you expect him to be a little bit more like if if Ant is Batman, he kind of needs to be Robin out there. Right. And he has the capabilities to do it. We've seen it. And especially, you know, from a defensive standpoint as well, like you, you want to see him do his thing out there. And and like he's probably one of the more athletic guys on the team is probably between him and Ant as far as the athleticism goes. And he's probably the top defender minus, you know, Rudy Gobert on the team as well. And so you you want to see him kind of kind of spread his wings a little bit more and, and do a little bit more than than we've seen recently. I know he's he's kind of missed some time and he's getting back into a little bit of a rhythm out there, but he's a key piece for me for their success. Him and Ant kind of need to show and prove what they can do moving forward. Yeah, Wolves now with a day off today, then travel back to the West Coast to take on the Clippers in their fourth straight road game. Current record sitting at 13 and 14, trying to get hot again. We'll be back Thursday to break it all down. All right, that's a wrap today. Remember, like, write, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. Remember, 
We're a podcast too, free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us that five-star review, and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to the producer, Matt DeBritz. We're back tomorrow with another episode of Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow. Signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.